0: Couple of issues I'm seeing with a lot of strategists. They've started thinking strategy is an esoteric, cool science. The strategist is the new creative guy, the new cool guy in this thing. And being cool and using big jargon words and quoting Freud, Young, and theory and doing strategy, it's as if they're seeding clouds. You're supposed to seed clouds, but you're supposed to make those clouds rain for the client and the brand, mate. Oh, well, what's up and welcome
1: to Sweathead with Mark Pollard. I have Kalyan Ram, who is the head of Wolfhouse Strategic Consultancy, usually in Mumbai, but currently in Goa in India. And I have Dmitry Grobov, who's uh, head of marketing for Xiaomi in Moscow, currently in Moscow as well, in Russia. And it's the three of us today. So we're going to talk about moving between agencies and then moving out of agencies, being a consultant, trying to work out what to do next. It's going to be fun Kalyan, really quick introduction. What do you do now and what's been your journey to get there?
0: Thank you, Mark. Hi, uh, everybody here. So I actually run my own strategy consultancy called Wulzal, based out of Mumbai. Uh, we Most of the work we do is in India, but we have done uh, quite a lot of work in the Middle East, in Indonesia, as well as Africa. And a couple of projects a few years ago in the UK. Um, so we are predominantly a brand purpose positioning and a personal and performance marketing firm with a bit of data analytics and all of that. Um, one of the few consultancies which is on a retainer model also with clients, which is very rare mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of agencies give you a strategy free along with your creative or at a minimal cost. Mm -hmm. But we are extended partners to a couple of clients uh, on a retainer basis where we are like the extended consumer and culture intelligence team for them, setting briefs for agencies, evaluating stuff, opening up segments and designing research. Uh, I also am partner and co-founder with my elder brother in a firm called Gravity Integrated in India. Uh, It's got tie-ups across Europe as well. So my brother comes with, uh, he's one of the digital marketing pioneers in India. So that's the strategy plus the execution arm. Whereas Wulsal is just a strategy. Um, journey so far been about 18, 20 years experience in, uh, advertising brand strategy. I've been head of, uh, lead for consumer planning and research in Diageo. Worked in Leoburn at Singapore for two and a half years, looking after the region. Some good brands love Vietnam, work in Vietnam and Malaysia and Indonesia. For a, for a typical Indian, it was growth beyond work for me to experience these cultures and meet, make some lovely lifelong friends. Came back to India to head a strategy for Asia Pacific for Commonwealth, which was a joint venture between Goodby Silverstein Partners and McCann, mm-hmm. looking after Chevrolet. And this was the first time India was going to be the hub where Asia Pacific was going to report in with several spokes. But uh, found my own calling and started my own firm, started like a freelancer, became a firm. Now we are about uh, 10 people and doing well. Yeah, that's me.
1: Yeah, very cool. Very cool. So lots of moving around uh, regionally, but also within roles and we'll get into all those moves, what prompted them and what was good about them, what didn't work about them. Dimitri, can I tell you, I think you're the first person in Russia that I've interviewed and that is deeply embarrassing. I look at maps all the time and I'm like, wow, Russia's really big. And there are a lot of people from Russia in the Sweathead Facebook group I don't see a lot of them interact a lot. I feel like the Eastern European and and Russian contingent within the Facebook group is quiet and probably watches a bit more. We have big, big crew from the Ukraine and I know know, you're geographically near each other, Uh, but Russia's massive. And I'm like, hang on. Dmitry, I've done like at least three hundred interviews around the strategy community, and I'm like, this is the first time I've spoken to someone from Russia, and I'm embarrassed. And yet, you're the head of marketing for Xiaomi, which is a Chinese brand, so that brings a whole bunch of dimensions into this. Uh, quick introduction: what, What's been your journey to what you're doing right now?
2: Hi, Mark, and hi, everybody, and uh, it's great to be with you. So, I joined uh, planning 2005. And uh, since that, I've stayed in planning in various uh, creative agencies like BBDO, like uh, JWT, now Wunderman, Thompson, uh, FCB, well, you name it, actually pretty big agencies in Russia. And I've been working mostly on telecom and pharma. So I've been blessed with this, you know, really huge clients with uh, big budgets and all this kind of thing. Then in uh, 2015, I joined a really cool startup project in uh, Kazakhstan, which is uh, one of the CIS countries. So I spent two years there and then returned to Russia and was a freelancer for one year until uh, in 2018, I joined Xiaomi Russia and became the head of marketing at Xiaomi Russia. So now I'm responsible for launching all of Xiaomi products on the Russian market. So phones, IoT devices, uh, well, everything that we actually sell in Russia. So I'm responsible for launching them and building the awareness for the brand on the Russian market. And I would say it was quite a ride for me. And like last year, we entered the top loved brands in Russia, which is a great achievement for us and we're, me and my team are very proud for that. Uh, and I guess we lost Mark.
0: <laughs> I think he'll come back. So maybe we can connect and uh, exchange notes on Xiaomi because it's, it's trying to make a big play in India as well.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, uh, as far as I know, it's uh, number one in India. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It's number two in Russia. Well yeah. also not far behind.
1: So uh,
0: is, it, is it going after the mass and the mid-market there also and not the premium market in Russia? In India, it's um, going after the mass and the mid-market, not so much the premium market. I would
2: say that, uh, well, originally, I would guess uh, it was the same in India and it was the same in Russia. Originally, we've grown from the budget segment and uh, then we expanded into other segments as well. So our core business, I would say also the uh, not expensive device. Divide- Ex- not expensive devices. And uh, now we are expanding into more premium segments as well. So this is the kind of a growth opportunity for us.
0: Very nice. That'll be interesting. Mark's back. Hey. My Wi-Fi went down and then my
1: family rebooted the Wi-Fi. <laughs> it happens. Were you having a good chat? Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. Thank you. All right. Well, the first question I want to get into is um, how you know when when we go back to your days, both of you working for the larger agencies, and you've both had you know been in pretty interesting companies—BBDO, McCann, Commonwealth, Arap, Rap, JWT, etc. You know, they're pretty prestigious uh, agencies, and in some parts of the world, really, really prestigious. And 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 sometimes in other parts of the world, advertising is like I, I feel like advertising is not super prestigious everywhere and you go to some places and it's really elite and really prestigious and it's quite mind-boggling when you run into that. So to what degree did the large agencies, especially in your first decades of, of working, to what degree were they really the only place you could work doing this kind of work?
2: You know, when I look back at the at the times uh when I was like a junior planner or the middleweight planner like this times, two thousand five, two thousand ten, like the, the this period, I feel like it was the really, really amazing place to work. It was like I don't know, I can't think of the best place to work uh rather than the advertising agency. You know, we are we were the top dogs, we were experts in marketing, we knew so much more than our clients did, if you know what I mean. We really held the edge in marketing at that time. I really had a lot of amazing products, met a lot of amazing people, which are my friends till, till today. But at some point, uh, we as an industry, I would say it's, it's, it was an, an industry problem. We lost that edge and that was kind of a sad thing for me.
1: Yeah. yeah. What, what, do you, what was what was the edge? The edge was in you said that we knew more than our clients, and I know you didn't mean that in an arrogant way, but there was a bit of a gap between what the agencies could uh, could muster together as far as people to execute campaigns, largely speaking. Uh, how would you describe that edge?
2: I would say that. Uh, you know, surprisingly enough, the uh, the creative work was really valuable and you were able to feel that and you were speaking to uh, to the clients that you do something that is really unique on the market that nobody else can do. Mm-hmm. And that was the really, really good thing.
1: Okay. And then, Kellyanne, to what degree were large agencies really the only place or the main place that you could do creative work or advertising work? I mean, India's got a massive advertising industry. I know that, but is it largely yeah, dominated yeah. by by big players? How many independent players were there? Were people consulting much back then, freelancing?
0: I had a similar uh, journey to Dimitri, though I started in 2002. I came into planning 2005. It took me three years to work my way into strategy because the year I graduated, 2002, was not a great year. The reason why I'm mentioning that uh, had a huge impact on that. So I agree with uh dimitri 2005 to about 2008 to maybe even nine um there was magic in advertising there was real magic i agree with him we knew some things more than the client not their business but the consumer the culture the creativity i think time cost killed advertising 2002 the media monies went away the separation of media and advertising happened and time cost me made, made it into advertising because there was no part of media percentage mm-hmm. because of which what happened was advertising industry reacted badly in about four or five years. It took time and put passion on an Excel sheet and logged in ours a uh, passion according to ours. So the magic started going away and we started looking not at the brand, but at campaigns at communication only Mm -hmm. and slowly the clients started upskilling and they got really cool resources around internally and there were consultancies around so that was a major shift for me but from 2005 to 9 india has always had boutique agencies which have been brought over asia it's slightly different it's all all the the jay walters and the ogilvies and McCanns were there Mm -hmm. but there was there were a lot of trikayas there was a lot of ambience a lot of powerful, amazing creative agencies with good strategists, which were then bought over by the MNCs. So there was a lot of local agencies always in India. So you could freelance and India is, um, is, is obsessed with intellectual capital as well, right? So mm-hmm. India has always respected strategists and research quite a bit. So there was a lot of shift from agencies to client side and strategy early on in India also.
1: And so because I want to focus our conversation on the moves that you've made or that we've all made from one place to another, from one kind of role to another, from a a city to another city, et cetera, do you feel that as the edge as you've described it, and I want to shout out the fact that it's easy to be nostalgic, but let's pretend that we're not just being nostalgic because we're a (laughs) bit older than back then. Uh, Do you feel that that this sense of uh, edge disappearing led to you trying more ways to try to find that that hit. So I know that, you know, I moved to New York and I moved around places in New York and I kept trying to find the thing. And I was like, is it me? Is it Brooklyn? Is it Manhattan? Is it the era? Is it the social media calendars? It just doesn't feel like, and for me, it was that era too. It was like 2005, 2008 at Leo Burnett in Sydney where that agency just pumped out incredible work. And I kept trying to find it again. And it was hard even when I went for two months to Leo Burnett in New York. Do you, so do you feel that that had that led to you trying to like where, where am I going to find that beautiful little era again? Did that lead to you moving around?
2: Well, for me, I would say it wasn't because of work that you mentioned the the amazing work. Uh, so the moves that I did, there, they were not because uh, I really hated the work I was doing or I hated the output of the agency. No. My moves, for example, when in 2015 I left Russia and spent two years in Kazakhstan, despite Kazakhstan being a much smaller market, much less prestigious market than Russia, I would say, yeah, I really tried to find the new meaning inside the industry. So, is it going to change something if I change the geography or not? So... Is it going to invigorate my, my life for the, for the profession or is it will be just the, the same thing? And I, well, for me, it turned out that it doesn't really change anything for me. I, I really enjoyed the work. I enjoyed the people, but I really lost the reason to stay in the industry
1: for much longer. All right. So when you moved to Kazakhstan, what were you trying to find? You talked about trying to find new meaning. What was the new meaning you were trying to find in Kazakhstan?
2: I thought that, well, i am now reached the position of the uh, planning director. So that's kind of uh, nowhere to go up from there. So what what's next? Do I have something ahead of me still? Or is it just a, a position that I'm locked in time indefinitely? So this move to Kazakhstan was one of the reasons to answer that question. Do I, maybe I can change geography, maybe I can add some other countries' experience to my portfolio, and that will help me to stay in this role. To, well, to be satisfied with staying as a planning director for longer. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, it, it turned out that uh, when I returned, I still had this feeling of dissatisfaction and a feeling that I need to find another reason uh, in marketing because I love marketing. I didn't want to change from marketing. Uh, for me, that was clear.
1: Okay. So yeah, I, I just I like it as a topic because a lot of people move around just because they're wired a bit like that. They like change, They like novelty, they're constantly seeking new meaning. And again, you can feel quite isolated when you're going through this. You're like I've been at a place for a year or two shouldn't I just stick this out for five years, 10 years and be a real company person? But some people might or might not be wired for that and then they think there's something wrong with them. And so I think just hearing that you spent a bit of time trying to find new meaning is, is going to be a bit of a relief for people. Kellyanne, I mean, you setting up your own company, was that you saying, you know what, I'm not going to find this sense of meaning out there. I need to create it for myself.
0: Absolutely. So um, unlike Dimitri, my career was not planned at all right I, I grew because uh, there was a larger role somewhere uh, which was giving me more feel to play with right when i went to singapore i actually went uh, to fund my marriage <laughs> so yeah. it was not about a regional move it was about earning uh, money to fund my marriage uh, but also the culture part of it in a different country because i was never about the role or the prestige of the role right uh, i was about the work i was i still am i'm w- very work hungry do I get to do diverse work? Do I get to deeper do deeper work? But yes, Mark, uh, agree with Dimitri and you. I started Woolsal because when I came back to India, I quit Commonwealth. Uh, as a strategist, you're constantly decoding culture and consumer. Constantly, right? And applying it for brands. I was thinking that advertising alone or digital alone is not the output of a strategist. It is to affect business outcomes, brand outcomes, and maybe even humbly contribute back to culture and not shape culture. That's, that's for brand marketing, advertising guys claiming too much, but be able to positively uh, say nice things back to the culture. So here you're decoding a womb and you're producing only one kind of a baby right so i said i wanted wholesale to be a lot more coming from culture and consumer not a 30 second tvc couple of posts could be maybe writing a, a writing a guide on how a front frontline field salesman can talk to a customer
1: okay.
0: identify different customers so that was the reason why it was not enough
1: Okay and and so I think with your career history there've been moments of short stints, so some longish stints and then some short stints and then consulting and freelance. And then here's the thing I'm going to do. Yeah. Could yeah. we talk about those phases that are more difficult to talk about or less often talked about when you're in a short stint and maybe you're freelancing and you're, you know, bumbling around hoping that someone offers you something that you want or hoping that you find somewhere that you can fit in? before you decide to really commit to yourself, would you say that those days of exploration, sometimes it's months, sometimes it's years, those days of exploration, what energy, what emotion are you feeling through those times? Do you feel excited and this is big act of discovery? Do you feel lost and upset? What, what's the mixture of emotions that you feel?
0: May I go first, uh, Dimitri? Yeah. So two interesting things. They say that um, some of the best learnings come from your failures the more difficult part of it. Um, I had joined Contract, which was a J Balter agency with a strong legacy of strategy. One of my favorite bosses and whom I consider a great strategist, Rohit Srivastava. He's not on the radar at all. He silently does his work. A fantastic mentor. So I succeeded for Contract and for him and for myself very well. Uh, so wanted the next role of growth and joined TBW India. Uh, good stint in its own way, but the massive learning was In contract, Rohit had created a strategy culture and I could be the Bombay lead for strategy and focus on the strategy work, not on creating the culture of strategy. I was 28 and a half. Right. So when I went to TBWA as the national head of disruption, six months, I learned, listen, I'm a good strategist. I'm a good strategy lead but I'm not mature enough to create a strategy culture, sell it to clients as well as most internally, the CEO and the chief creative officer.
1: How did you work that out? Cause that's a, um,
0: bit, of, that's, that I, requires I, a bit of self-reflection. Oh, it, it took a massive self-reflection because um, that time Lowe had called me saying, we want you to come in at a senior position because I'd earned a bit of a name for myself. This was 10 years, 11 years back. And Lowe said, okay, we want you to come in a senior position. We'll fast, fast track you to the top. Um, I I liked my answer to them. I told them low is massive. TBWA is smaller. Contract is bigger than TBWA. But low is massive. Low lintas then. Massive India. I don't think I'm ready for it. I think I did myself a favor. Right. So I quit TBWA because I had some um, uh, issues with uh, TBWA's then approach also. TBWA should have brought disruption to the India and done disruption to the Indian advertising market. Taken workshopping was his new business pitching. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's the legacy of Jean-Marie Drew. Disruption is not just a strategy tool. It is a creative tool. It's, it was brilliant. Connections planning, disruption, and all of that. So mm-hmm. I kind of had a disagreement because I was on the management team. That's when I uh, shifted because I was also propelled by my then marriage and uh, cross-cultural learning. I got a job offer in Singapore, okay. which was at not at a management level designation. I almost had to start at a senior level, but not the top level again. Okay so i i i'm very fortunate that i not did not take my career vertically but took it horizontally
1: so Ka- Ka- let me push you a bit on this so look i don't know the indian advertising scene entirely and also it's a massive country it's you know mm-hmm. massive massive however from what i hear and what i've seen um, it seems to be pretty male dominated pretty patriarchal and often the people in positions of power do come from a Like pretty successful families, right? And so it's surprising. I'm not saying that that's you, but it's surprising to have heard this and to constantly hear it in my DMs, for example, because I often talk with people who are burning out because of the way they get treated. By these elite people, uh, and, but it's really surprising to hear you at twenty eight, twenty nine, when you're supposed to be big man on campus, to be saying, "Hang on, I don't know if I want that next step. I don't, I, I don't think that is for me. That feels surprising." I
0: wasn't ready or good to be take the next step. How did you know that? Because it was evident. Based there was on a what? huge difference. I was it. See, it's it's most things. Self reflection is not a complex thing. It's there. Are you open enough to see it? It's actually very simple. Let's not complicate it. It was like milk and water. In contract, we were winning massive accounts and was also very happy circumstance around, happy culture around. In TBWA, we were winning pitches, but there was a lot of disparity. I was having to sell strategy as the first thing and not get into creative brainstorming for a pitch directly. And the strategy team be becoming a part of brainstorming. I couldn't do that. I was not mature enough. So it was evident there was success there too, but not the kinds and the depth of strategy I was doing in contract, which was drives me. I wasn't able to do in TPWA. And at some point of time, when I asked myself, I knew it was also because I was not mature enough for a larger leadership role.
1: Okay, I, again, it still feels really counterintuitive and I appreciate that you had those moments and that you're sharing it with us because I, I sometimes see people around that age who don't feel they have anything to learn and they wonder why they're not the CSO and I'm like, let's chat in 10 years. Let's, let's give it 10 years and then we'll chat and we'll actually have a human to human interaction because around that age, especially if you're used to um, being successful, we start to really dig in and protect our egos.
0: Um, I've had uh, my mom to a circle of friends who would chop me down, mate. It's the people yeah. who I was surrounded with. There wasn't somebody, I had a couple of uh, this thing of ego. In fact, uh, if you see my tattoo, I'm sorry, because we are talking about this. It's, it's a mantra, uh, but it says, bring me from darkness to light. And I had put it on my arms, forearms, because uh, I was growing a little bit of horns with my early success. And I was having lunch in my uh, in my house in Hyderabad. My mother and father are middle, upper middle class, simple folk. And my, I was just talking, bragging to them, son going back to Hyderabad and saying, oh, I've done this. So my mom was just giving, she mixes food and gives it to me in hand too, because the sons come back once in a year or so, eating it. So gently she put one um, um, dollop of rice and whatever in my hand and said, aren't you getting a little ahead of yourself, mate? <laughs> So I put this together because um, the, the mantra gets complete only when hands come together. In India, you hands come together only when you hug somebody or fold your hands out of respect. So have love and respect for yourself and for others to fight the internal darkness. So I was growing a little bit of haunts. Thankfully, it lasted only about three, four months. Mm. Is the people around you? Is the people around you who keep you rooted? Well, that that is good.
1: Uh, I can tell you for sure that not everybody has people around them. So. Shout outs to the people you have around you. That's, that's incredible. Not everybody has a support system, and, I, and I, especially if you're thinking for a living and you don't have a support system, it's really difficult. But I think what you're talking about that feels like an example of the idea that like the the, the darkness is the way that sometimes you have to look yourself in the face and look at the uncomfortable yeah. parts of you, and then work out how to actually, in a weird way, honor it and to, to then build a life around it. And until you go through it, because it's weird just to hear someone say it, but you could be in that darkness for 10, 20 years, but until you actually go through the really difficult process of staring yourself in the face, thinking about what's working and what's not working, and then saying, you know what, maybe for you it was I'm gonna set up a company. Maybe for someone else it's like I'm gonna do a podcast. And and yeah. then go, that's now gonna be my life. It doesn't it like the what we're talking about might not make sense. Um D- Dimitri, as you you sort of had these, you know, big titles and big companies, BBDO in, in Moscow, JWT five years Moscow, uh, FCB in Kazakhstan, and then Consulting. Talk yeah, to us about what you were going through through that phase before you ended up becoming head of marketing for Xiaomi. Yeah,
2: that's uh, and I agree with uh, Kellen here. It it was also not a easy time for me because when I returned from Kazakhstan, I didn't have any job. So I figured out that uh, well, I returned for personal reasons, not not because yeah, well, uh, there were some some reasons with my family that forced me to uh, to. Uh, make that decision to return to Russia uh, and when I returned, I had no no job, so I had to look for it and While doing that, I thought that it would be a good idea to start freelancing to just you know be in the shape when something comes up, you have some you know cases to share, you have some some stories to tell, and that could help you land a job at the at the agency. Mm-hmm. And I thought that I would continue doing this agency job for some, quite some time. But during this year, I really quickly realized that, yeah, it's not something I would like to do. I do not want to freelance, that's, that's not my part. So it's not something that uh, interests me because I was coming from you know, big clients, <laughs> huge budgets. And now there's this kind of a sudden transition when you have to talk with clients with zero budgets and uh, who do not know how to build their brand, etc. cetera, et cetera. That was a That was a change for me. Mm-hmm. And some of the projects were fun. And and interesting, but overall, I thought that I really missed that you know, big marketing thing, yeah, Yeah. in a freelance.
1: Tell me about. Did you feel that you are going through a a time of darkness? And you don't have to say yes. I'm so into darkness that it's hard for me not to ask about it. (laughs) But you know, you, you had these big titles in big agencies in you know big largely big cities, right? And and then you've gone into a head of marketing role, but you did have a little I'll call it a blip and I don't mean that in any particular way. But there was a little <laughs> consulting. What was your psychology like then? Were you like, yeah, it's totally cool. I'm, I'm going to get a really big job and I'm totally fine. Or were there dark days? I would love to tell you that
2: it was all planned, that it was all, you know, just, you know, you can say it and plan and everything will be all right. No, it doesn't happen that way. At least it didn't happen for me. I really spent this year like reflecting what I'd like to do next and where should I apply all my, you know, knowledge, all my passion, all my resources to get there. So basically, I was, you know, I was like going around the black room trying to, you know, find something to hold on to. And, uh, at the end of this year of freelancing, uh, you wouldn't believe it, but quite to my con, I was really frustrated and I was like, thought, I can't find an answer. And in parallel, I had like three discussions. Two of them is client side and one of them is at the agency. And the agency said, wow, you're a really cool guy. We want you here. We want you to be a part of a team. And it was, uh, it was a nice agency. It was a big client. It was all the things I was used to. Yeah it was all the things that I, I knew, and I was you know ready for that. Uh, but uh, when I joined them, uh, I would say it, out of the feeling that I would not get anything better. yeah mm. So I joined them, and I spent three months there, and I was like constantly thinking every day, what am I doing? Why am I spending this time here? I don't want that. I want the different thing why i changed the 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 things that i wanted for why i traded the things that i wanted for this and uh funny enough one of the clients i was talking with he returned to me after three months of you know thinking if i was good for the role or not and offered the the position at xiaomi Mm. and i'm still i'm very sorry for those guys at the agency because they are terrific people it's it's a perfect agency i can recommend it any time of the day they're really great. But uh, yeah, I said, I'm so sorry, guys, but it's better this way than I stay and, you know, Mm. we all get frustrated.
1: I love that phrase, all the things that I was or that I'm used to. You know, I think once someone's about a decade into a career, they can keep seeking out the things that they're familiar with that make them feel familiar in themselves. But if they've struggled in a few of those years or in a few of those roles and they're not satisfying what they're trying to satisfy then i get nervous when people just take what could be the easy option which is like i'll get the same job similar title same kind of place same kind of work even though i've been complaining about those exact things somewhere else uh how much so
2: i would say so i would say it's okay to be frustrated that's that's fine that's that's totally fine. That's, that means you are you know you're thinking, you're trying to find the solution, and mm-hmm. that's what planners do. yeah, we're trying to find the, the solution. we're trying to ask questions. so it's kind of a, it's strange that
0: some planners don't do that job for themselves, yeah totally. for their careers. I agree with Dimitri. if you're frustrated for the right reasons, it's, it's a sign of growth. It's a sign that you want to do more, you want to do something different. and it's okay to be really frustrated.
1: Okay, Kalyan, how do you pay attention to your frustration? How do you use it in a constructive way?
0: My frustrations have been very different since I started my own consultancy, Mark. Um, Wulzal is about eight years old now, right? And second year onwards, we had people, employees, and uh, what we call as wolves, right? Um, So I think till two years back, I've tried to shut down Wulzal a million times every year and try to go back to a job. At the lowest of our, this thing, I've even written to some of my ex-clients or bosses on LinkedIn saying, listen, should I come back? And they said, okay, your emotional loves. I've I've had good bosses, lovely bosses. So they all said, wait, you figure your mind out. And I'm thankful I stuck through those millions of frustrations. What kept me going? It actually evolved me, Mark. Um, I started a business not for the money, but because I wanted to do more. Um, But after a Point in the journey, I met a very nice, uh, wise man uh, who actually said, "Why are you almost apologetic about making money? Mm-hmm. Your frustration comes from your love for the craft, and it almost feels as as if you're selling your craft for money." So he asked me, "Tell me one great thinking or creative kingdom in the history of humankind which wasn't wealthy, which was Incas or the Egyptians or the old ancient Indian kingdoms or the Roman Empire." So he said, don't think it's money was a craft. Who is stopping you from being, uh, manifesting abundance and wanting both? Yeah. Because they are yin and yang. Yep. That changed my perspective. And um, um, I don't, I, my, my frustrations are more with uh, getting other pieces of work, going back, pan-geography more, uh, but... Wulzal's credo for its uh, employees is we are like the finishing school for strategy, right? So we want them to do the work, be responsible and whatever, but we want to teach during our work hours. We teach a lot. We get others to teach a lot. It's, it's like the principles of how I was taught during 2005, 2002 when the seniors used to take time and the agency system used to have kind of borrowed and brought it back, not around. So the frustrations are with the growth of the juniors and um, uh, getting the larger projects. I am on a growth curve saying, okay, I need to build my profile up also to get that kind of projects and come into the node. Self-marketing and branding is something that not many planners are very good at, Mark.
1: Yeah, the the self-promotion and an attitude towards money, I think are really important things to wrestle with. And I have to tell you the fact that I used to publish a hip-hop magazine and no longer publish a hip-hop magazine because I didn't care about money, I learned the hard way. I, I burn out on this thing all the time. And so now what exactly. I do is I can I connect the idea with earning money to two things at least. One is, well, when I don't care about money, it doesn't last. And I want it to last. Second, especially in the US, but. Second is you often deal with people in business who are there to transact and that part of their game, this is, not my, this is not my clients, no one I've dealt with, but I see it out there, <laughs> that, that part of their game is like, they'll just find someone that they can transact with who doesn't understand their worth and they'll just, cool, yeah, I'll totally take that from you for free or whatever you want to give it to me for. Absolutely. That's totally cool. And so those those two things, you know, you got to start to work out your attitude towards money. And then um, there's a there's a quote that sort of stuck with me from martial arts days, which is, uh, as my Sifu used to say that if you're not going to protect yourself, why should anybody else? And to some degree, I think if you're not going to have confidence in yourself, if you're not going to promote yourself a little bit, then why should anybody else? You know, and, and you have to wrestle with these things.
0: How can also you pay for the best minds if you don't earn enough good money? Second, money is also important to manage the world's work-life balance. Only when you have decent money, are you not going to overwork your juniors as a strategist, they're going to go live their life. And that's where the real inputs back to strategy come from. Not all the things that you read about strategy and marketing from life, from a natural ethnographic observation, from their minds resting. Mm-hmm. You can effort to do that only if you can demand decent money for your work and make your clients believe you. And I think we get a pretty decent work-life balance. We've, we've tried to match the Google's days off. Uh, some, not completely we tried to aim for that but we couldn't yeah, yeah, yeah. number hard. of day. but we are somewhere close which yeah. i'm very proud of
1: I, I love it like every every now and then there'll be an idea such as holocracy or such as four days on, one day off and the agency world will be like, yeah, why don't we do that? It's like, <laughs> because you're selling hours and and you need a certain level of utilization. Like it, it's sort of a bit unfair, I think. It's useful to think of these things and say, how could we be more like that? But I think it's hard for a lot of agencies to be like that. Dimitri, how, how do you constructively pay attention to what's frustrating you?
2: You know, it's really hard to put words uh, constructive and frustrating in one sentence and... I would say that uh, uh, if you have uh, any kind of problem at the moment at the agency, you're not paid enough, you don't have the projects that you like, uh, or something like that, and it's it's really bothers you, there is, I don't know what's, what can stop you besides, uh, you know, yourself. So it's kind of a growing, growing a backbone is the, the only solution to that. And like, Approaching these difficult conversations uh, and, you know, doing this difficult conversation with your bosses, with your peers will only make you stronger in in the long run. So you will never receive a straight yes answer that you, you just can bet on it. Well, I never did in my history, but at the very least, you will understand in your mind, well, look, I tried I really mm. tried I, I spoke with uh, with my peers and uh, they didn't listen, so I have all the you know all the justifications now to I don't know switch the agency or do any other things I like. Yeah, so yeah, yeah do, do this do this before you you know decide on any drastic turn. just speak with the bosses they have a lot of things on their minds they may not even understand or feel that you are going through hard times and you feel you know you are not uh, perfect at your job or you are not earning enough so they may not even consider that so may even may don't know that and if you talk to them then that may change
1: totally yeah i feel like the easiest thing one of the things that i do which is not to say i do it in the moment every single time but after a bit of frustrations brewing which could be for months Go for a walk, piece of paper, pen. What's frustrating me about why we're losing pictures right now? And I just write everything down and then I try to take responsibility for it. But it's not always. It's easy to sound really clear-headed about this later. But in the moment, you're like, "Ah, what am I doing in life? But, you know, just write, okay, I'm going to write down 10 things that we could do better in pictures. And you sort of, I don't know, I use writing, little writing exercises and pieces of paper as my creative constraint, my, my place to play with these ideas.
0: Mark, what you just said actually applies to life also, mate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not. It's it's about reflecting and responding rather than getting frustrated and reacting. And I agree with Dimitri. When you're frustrated, it's difficult to be constructive. So you you understand. You go through your frustration, then try and zoom back and reflect on it and respond to situations and own up some of the stuff. So I so totally agree with you and. First, when I started the same thing as you do, I was trying to be hard on myself saying I'm not reflecting always, but now I've come to the uh, a place where if I'm reflecting more than I was yesterday and yeah. responding to frustration, I'm happier. Yeah. I just I just wanted to say that because you said a beautiful thing there.
1: Well, and also you're comparing yourself to yourself yesterday, as opposed to yourself in the future and also as opposed to other people right now or in the future. That's-, that's Bang only- on. The only way to stay sane, according to some psychologists. Uh, Dimitri, what what were you looking to achieve in this move to becoming a head of marketing?
2: Well, a lot of things, actually. Uh, uh, to start with, uh, I wanted to have the ownership of the projects that I do. Ownership, so,
1: yeah.
2: Yeah, that, one of, that was one of the, I would say, the key things for me because... Um, I really wanted not just, you know, consult, but I wanted to create. Yeah, I wanted to create and to, you know, start the plan the project from start to finish and be be responsible for the results, because that was one of the key issues for me in a planning job that you don't really always understand the results of the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So you create a beautiful positioning, but did it help the brand and in which way? Not always that you you have that knowledge. I was fortunate enough that I worked for, for example, for pharma, for the uh, with the uh, Bayer, the the big one of the biggest pharmaceuticals in the world. I was fortunate enough to work with an amazing brand management team, and I I knew the results and that was why I spent five years in JWT, yeah, I can now understand that. that, that's why I spent such a long time there. So five years it is a lot for the, for the agency, at least mm-hmm. in Russia. Mm-hmm. But overall, looking back at my, uh, at my uh, experience and all the projects that I did, I cannot say that even half of that was, you know, knowing the results, I mean.
1: Okay. Interesting. Kalyan? You mentioned being frustrated, even though you're trying, you've put the stake in the ground with Sal and you're trying to build your life around what you're doing as opposed to working for somebody else. What's been the best part about the journey that you've taken?
0: The depth of work we do, being able to be outcome-based and not output-based. That's been one of the most liberating things for me as a strategist. Mm -hmm. Being able to say, how do I solve this problem for the client and the brand and the consumer? How do we ensure mutual profitability for the brand, consumer and us? Without having to say, my natural proclivity is for a 30 second campaign. My natural proclivity is for a Facebook post. We are media agnostic, we are outcome pro, and that's been a liberating journey for me. That's what keeps me going. And some of the clients with the projects or retainer treat us like true partners, really like, like what Dimitri is saying, uh, compared to the 2008 to 15, for 12 or 14 advertising, um, like the earlier times, clients call us and share their sales outcomes or other problems more than communication, which impact their business. There are obviously client and if if Dimitri was my client, I'm sure we'd have a couple of uh, spats or disagreements once in a while. That's between a husband and a wife, a client and an agency. It's common between any two people. But the sense of absolute partnership and freedom we get, I can actually suggest a UX solution or a UX intervention instead of a campaign for that stated problem. Mm -hmm. Or it could be actually not a campaign addressed to the consumer at all because it's the final mile sales agent or the field force which needs to be, whose behavior needs to be changed. Mm -hmm. That's been absolutely liberating. Done some really weird, um, small, exotic, the startup paid, was paid, if I can say, the scrap for it. Two really massive brands and purposing. The spectrum I've seen is massive. We've we've helped a client, an entertainment uh, client, write a brochure. That was our task. And we loved every bit of it. So that's the best thing about
2: what keeps actually going? actually that's one of the uh the the key things that she said is i really liked it is that when the agency is really partnering with the client and they became just just one team and this is so much rarer these days and coming from the client side now i can understand that because i see a lot of examples myself when the agency cannot match the knowledge of the product. They sometimes they don't even try really. And it's really sad. They don't even try to understand the product as deeply as you can. So when I talk about the, when I briefing the agency and when the results I receive, and I see that the agency did it. I don't know, maybe just for my money, maybe just because they didn't have enough time. I don't know the reasons, but I see the results and the result speaks that they didn't even try.
0: I just want to add on to agree with Dimitri and add on something else. Uh, from my bosses back in advertising, I used to learn how to understand, appreciate clients' limitations too. It's a healthy relationship to go, have your fight with the client and say, you're not buying the cutting edge ideas. You're not being bold enough agencies should be doing that outside partners should be doing that that's our role and our duty but it's also important to understand the culture of the client system and the bureaucracy no place is ideal you know your marketing head your cMO is also limited by what his organization's culture allows him to do do you only are you saying that you'll only operate with the ideal client or you're going to like like uh the famous uh, any given Friday, I think, are you going to fight for the inches? When when I was heading planning for contract Bombay with Rohit, who I call chief, Craig Craig Davis had come down to Bombay to meet the JwT contract team. And he'd asked me saying, and we were at a bar, a restaurant, and he was asking me, let me ask you a question, Kalyan. I've been asking people across countries. He was traveling 14 countries. So he said, do you think clients have lost the patience to build a brand? And I was on the agency side and I said, Maybe, but I think agencies have lost the patience to build a brand.
1: I could see that. I could see that. So I'm going to wrap this up. I feel like there's a few themes that have that are common to you, which are also common to books that I've read, which means it's easier for me to summarize what we just discussed. I, I think for people who are considering what kind of move to intentionally make right now, and that's to give a nod to people who are under pressure and just you know might have lost a job, might be about to lose a job, who just need to get a job so that they can survive, right? But for people who are trying to put a bit more thought into what they want to do, um, sitting down and thinking about what's frustrating them right now. What are their frustrations? Can they try to solve them in their current situation? What kind of what, what sense of meaning are they looking for? And if you're new to the idea of meaning, check out Viktor Frankl, Man Search for Meaning. Read that book. The word responsibility comes up so often as well that once you've worked out the meaning that you're looking to achieve in life that you're looking to strive for because the word meaning can feel a bit esoteric really yeah. until you've, again until you've played with it. Once you've worked out what's frustrating you, you then need to take responsibility for actions that move you towards the meaning in a way, maybe from the things that frustrate you while also accept, you both mentioned accepting this, this idea that you're going to still be frustrated, but to use Absolutely. that as a bit of a, a radar to hone in on what, what kind of life you want. You both mentioned results uh, and using results like as a way to reinforce your surge towards something meaningful. Uh, and so I, I think those those words are things that people can constructively ruminate on on paper or on a walk to work out what steps would make sense. And is it fair to say that the answers to those kinds of questions, they might hit you immediately, but they also might emerge over time through action. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah I would say that uh, you know, sometimes, well, maybe even all the times uh, the, the agency should uh, reinvent the strategy planning discipline. I think that uh, right now we are at the threshold of, you know, reinventing it. And I don't know the right answer. Well, I don't know what, what, how it should look like, but uh, sometimes I think that it's, you really have to be the brand manager in your mindset when you approach the client, you really have to believe that it is your brand and you are responsible for it. So you're not just, you know, consulting and staying in your safe space that whatever I consult, I'm not responsible how it ends up. Mm -hmm. So you really have to be that, that brand manager and, you know, approach the client with this attitude. And well, I would be flattered that and that's for sure for, for, with this kind of attitude and i think that it will help you in the long run if for some reason you decide to to stop being a strategic planner to transfer to the client side because you already will have a, a lot of background and a lot of cases yeah to mm-hmm. show and to share i
1: love it, love I,
0: it. I, can I can i add to that yep. mark yeah a couple of things i want to say one uh, until you are a slightly more senior strategist, you have two magical things to handle your frustration with. No matter what your circumstances, except for bad bosses that nobody can help with. Right? Insecure bosses. There's not bad boss. Insecure human being as a boss. One, you have to be in love with your job. A lot of our strategists are saying, "I am getting paid to decode culture, consumer, brand." marketing, you need to have a childish joy about it. Meet every frustration of yours. The best thing you can do is open an internal bank and do invest in yourself. That's an amazing way to because it's always going to pay back the organization and your next role. The second thing is, try and actually find the courage to have the conversation very frankly to address your frustration within your system. Then. When it's time to quit, move. But um, the second point I wanted to, to uh, talk about, Dimitri beautifully spoke about the emerging or the need to ro- recast the role of strategy. Couple of issues I am seeing with a lot of strategists who I interact with, interview, whatever it is, they've started thinking strategy is an esoteric, cool science. Strategy, the strategist is the new creative guy, the new cool guy in this thing, and being cool and using big jargon words and. Quoting Freud, Young, and theory and doing strategy. It's as if they're seeding clouds. You're supposed to seed clouds, but you're supposed to make those clouds rain for the client and the brand, mate. If you're not going to do that, you are better go to a PhD university. Second, recasting the role of strategy because I've headed strategy divisions, advertising agencies have turned strategists into campaign planners and fronting and selling campaigns with big words and theories. While one role is to crack a brief, which excites the creative guy, girl. The other role is to be the bridge between the client and the agency. A strategist's role, 20% is to help the creative crack the brief. 80% of the strategist's role is to help do his or her business better. That's when the agencies will elevate them back. Mm. I have nothing um, uh, against communication planners, engagement planners, whatever. But all of them eventually have to evolve into a brand strategy planner, not a campaign strategy planner. A creative output is something you can be co-proud of as being part of the agency and being your creative partner's partner. But as a strategist, you need to have a pride for enabling the client's business. And not just for the client. I don't work for clients. I work for the brand and the consumer, also the client. So many people we have to juggle and that's, you should enjoy that. I think that's, that's, there's a magical thing where strategy teams are the way to bring back agency glory in the post-digital world. Seriously, not the creative people anymore. No ego there. I love creative people. All the creative people I work with, I love you mates. (laughs) I'm not dissing that.
1: There's so much there there's so much there. Okay, lots of lots of points there. Uh people can ruminate on those and I appreciate you both for being here for sharing your journeys for allowing us to discuss the difficult times as well as the good times. Uh Dimitri, where can people find you on the internet?
2: I'm um, uh, LinkedIn, uh email. I'm always uh, happy to answer if you have some questions, if you mm-hmm. Don't know what to do, especially to the, uh, to the Russian planners if they, well, if they have some questions, I'm really happy to answer. I know that's the tough time we're working in. I know the, the, all the problems that creative agencies now have. So if mm-hmm. you need some kind of a support, please reach out.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Kellyan. where's the best place to find you on the internet?
0: Uh, two places, LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Okay. Mail, absolutely, yes. And also I'm pretty active on Sweathead. So there's a plug-in for Sweathead also, Mark.
2: Yeah, Sweathead yeah. also. <laughs> there
0: you go. <laughs> no advertising, no. Totally, none. No, no, we're just being, we, we're just being nice. No, a uh, lot of my strategists, a lot of uh, fellow Indian planners get a lot. There are a couple of good friends who are active on Sweathead. Um, maybe a little more Asia-focused too. Asia case studies too. But that, uh, as soon as the population increases from Asia, Africa, I think we'll have a more beautiful balance to this thing. Mm-hmm. But LinkedIn and Sweathead guys, I'm I'm available there.
2: Love it. Well, thank j- you. just a short, just a short remark uh, to wrap it up. I, I to to just end on the positive note. Um, I really think that uh, we as a, a strategy guys are really unique, and uh, we have much more opportunities than account manager account plan account managers or creative guys sorry again to, to, to those people you are really fantastic also but i mean that <laughs> we really have this kind of unique blend of you know knowledge uh, creative power and all the things in us we have much more opportunities so don't ever doubt that I, I-
0: I completely agree with Dimitri. I think there are a few issues here and there with strategy, but I'm 43 now, right? And I'm seriously, I i, I thank God I'm a strategist almost every day, in spite of the frustrations. I still can't. Some of my team, uh, some of my juniors, wolves who are the second rung, they're going to become an equity partners soon. They keep saying that you're almost so childishly happy that you can't believe you're getting paid can you please change that so that we can earn more so <laughs> it's it's I'm very eternally grateful I, I still feel like a child like joy that I'm a strategist
1: that's good that's good I feel like you've let you've both ended in a really parochial way that would require me another hour to actually be like hang on what do you mean like I like that you've got some self-esteem but really was that borderline arrogance and don't we also love the creative like Okay, you set me up now. I feel like we'll have to get into that topic another time. But thank you so much for being here. I also believe yeah, in the you. strategist. I believe in all the people in this industry. There are beautiful, lovely people. And honestly, these kinds of conversations are relatively rare to me, except when I do these interviews. So thank you for feeding my intellectual and social life today. Thanks for joining well, us. Welcome. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. Peace.